And welcome. It's episode six, I believe, um, of Smart Talk. We are doing a World Juniors panel. And on the show, I've got Cam Robinson, Will Scouch, Tony Ferrari, Mikael Holm. Thank you so much for joining. Um, so yeah, so let's uh, so let's kick things off. Um, so the so the first topic that I want to bring up is Brand Clark, the LA Kings prospect. So what are your thoughts on uh, Brand Clark and um, and why Team Canada did not uh, sorry did not pick him uh, to come to their camp? Well, I'll start off because yeah. why not? Yeah. I'm already a, a few whiskeys <laughs> yeah, deep for this one. Where do we so. start? <laughs> I mean, it, took, it was clearly the right choice. I mean, now that they have Vince Nairo, the only right-handed defenseman in camp, that's it, a great decision. No, honestly, I, I, I honestly don't understand it. There's no reason that they don't have this guy at camp, at least at camp. Like, if you don't want him on the team, whatever. Like, bring him to camp, though. It makes no sense not to have him there. On, on the ice play, you know, I know they gave a little song and dance and said it wasn't it wasn't about his play and maybe he'll be good enough for it next year. But I don't I don't think that holds any water. And we can speculate all we want that it, it wasn't on ice stuff uh, that held him out of camp. But uh, nobody probably knows for certain or if they do, they're not going to say it on air. Um, so whatever the reason was to leave him behind, I, I don't have a I don't have a real gauge on it. But I talked to that kid probably. I don't know, six or seven times in his draft year. I obviously was very high on him. I put him number one on my board. He was, I think, quite clearly the top right shot defenseman in Canada. Um, it's a huge omission. Fortunately, it's Canada. So they can leave a kid like that behind, still go out and win gold, and no one will say boo. Now, if they come home with a fifth, everyone's going to have an opinion on it again, right? So it's it's <laughs> it's a bold move. It's an interesting move. They hate right shot defenders, apparently, but it is uh, it is what it is at this point. And uh, it We'll really be curious to see is if he gets the nod next year, because if he doesn't get invited next year, then, you know, like he's, he's pissing somebody's cereal for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, sorry, go ahead, Josh. You know, I mean, like they, you know, I mean, like they seem to be trying to like recreate the old Pittsburgh Penguins defensive unit, you know, just low up on those left-handed defensemen. Yeah. I mean, like, I think when things like this happen, I always like to play the game of like what could possibly explain it, right? Like instead of just making the judgment right away of like, well, it's the wrong choice. Like it's such a crazily bizarre decision that you kind of have to explore it as like an idea. And I mean, like a lot of times people talk about handedness as being not the most important thing for defensemen. And I don't know if that's something that Hockey Canada believes, but it indicates to me that, yeah, maybe they do believe that. Like they'll forego that to pursue something that they're looking for. And like, I think what they're looking for is just, a bunch of defensemen who can just pass the puck to guys in the neutral zone, right? Like Caden Gooley, just get the puck to the neutral zone, right? Like Vincent Iorio, just get the puck to the neutral zone, play good defense. That's all we care about. Protect the goalie, right? Like, I feel like if the Canadians are going to lose this tournament in any way, it could be coming down to goaltending, right? Like you're going to have uh, Yaroslav Askarov in the Russian net in say a semifinal, right? Would you rather have a more defensive leaning team? And like Brant Clark, is an incredibly gifted player. He should be on the team. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie, but I do think that it is entertaining to think about what if, you know, like what are, what are the reasons that could be the explanation? And maybe they're just not looking for defensemen that can activate super offensively and play with the puck a whole bunch. And they're just looking for guys who can just sit back, plug the holes and just make a capable first pass. Right. Cause a lot of those guys can, I don't know. We'll see if it works. I really would like Brent Clark running a power play for the Canadians, but I, I don't know. That's where I got with the exercise of like, what could possibly explain it? Like logically speaking. And I don't know, it's, it's a weird one, but uh, 
they did it. They did the thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, the one thing I'll bring up too, and it's something I can't. Hopefully, we get. Well, hopefully, we get. I was going to say, if he makes a team next year, who's to say he's available next year? Like, what if he's on the Kings yeah. next year and he's playing really well? Like, then they don't loan him out. Like, then he doesn't get the chance to play at the World Juniors, and they they miss out on him for two straight years. I, I don't know. To me, it's a it's a wild decision, but. Like Cam said, it's Canada, so they could easily still steamroll yeah. steam their way to gold. I was going to say, ho- hopefully we get to see Olin Zellweger run a power play now, too. Yeah, though. that's an that, idea. That, that might be the go. only saving grace at the end of this. Yeah. So then would you guys have um, power running p- power play unit one and then o- Olin running power play unit number two? Whatever you like. <laughs> Whatever's working better. I don't really care. But they'll both do fine, I think, in that role. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't even be shocked to see Canada do the, the can, classic Canada thing and overthink it, like with the Brant Clark decision. Toss a guy like Gooley on the power play. Toss like, yeah. they have a, a Lucas Cormier, if he makes the team, like throw him on the power play. I could see yeah. Canada doing something goofy like that. And they'll still probably do well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then continuing on uh, the subject of power, um, does sorry, does the Luke Hughes-Owen power debate become a little bit more mainstream post the World Juniors? Well, I mean, I can jump in. I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I think that, I think that it's a discussion that warranted discussion last season. But you know, I'm fully expecting them to be kind of like two different types of players. Maybe even, you know, maybe I'm seeing a bit more out of Owen Power this year that I kind of wanted to see in terms of offensive engagement and actually driving play himself. But you know, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of splitting hairs. To be perfectly honest, maybe New Jersey fans will pick apart Owen Powers game and maybe Buffalo fans will pick apart Luke Hughes's games in the, in the tournament. But, you know, I'm expecting them both to be pretty important players and both show pretty, pretty, pretty well. And yeah, I think Luke Hughes has a bit of an advantage being a year younger, but what else is new? I mean, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm expecting Owen Power to really set the tone at this event. Like he's, uh, you know, we were a little bit further down on Luke Hughes at EP this, this last year. Um, I still think he's a dynamic player. I think he's been off to a great start at Michigan. I think that the flaws to his game have still been there. Um, But power when, what I've seen of him this year, like he's just continued to elevate and going back to school was clearly the right decision before he made it. And it is proving to be that way too. Yeah. yeah, So he's, he's probably going to be a monster. We'll see if he racks up a ton of points, um, but he, should and just like defensively like good luck coming down his wing yeah i think that's going to be the interesting thing is is to see power go up against some of the high power teams defensively because i think that was the one area i was a little concerned with in his draft year last year where like he, he had those tendencies to lean a little bit playing defensively against the transition and, and get a little lost in his own zone at times especially below the goal line so seeing the improvements he's made this year i think it's going to be so much fun to watch especially if those two end up going up against each other in a, a high pressure game in, in the metal rounds so next, I want to move to Finland. Um, so what? Sorry. So while on loan with Ugri this year, uh, Ratu has definitely done you know significantly better in terms of his production when you when you compare to sorry when you compare to, to last year. Um, what are so what are your expectations um, for him at the World Juniors and and who would you opt to pair him with? you know, in order to get the uh, maximum production value. Probably Yanni Herman in if you want, like if you want to really get some, some juice out of him, some miles out of him. It's funny. We thought he could only play, put up big points when he was playing summer hockey, but uh, apparently Euchre, that's, that's the ticket for him over a point of game there. Um, 
yeah, it's it's nice to see him back after making it as a 16-year-old and or 16, 17-year-old and getting snubbed last year and coming back. So it's a good, it's a nice feel-good story. Um, I wonder if we'll see an opportunity for him to once again stand out on the international stage and kind of regain some of that elevation as a top prospect. And then, and you know, a kid, Brent Lambert's going to be looking to do the same thing this year, only he didn't get the snub. So uh, he's got an opportunity to really shine too. But as far as I pair him up with, like, I, yeah, I think Hirvin is probably going to be their, their top distributing center and that'll probably mesh well with a kid like radu um who just plays that speed driven transition game so we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out though what they do with their lines is not a lot of talent not a lot of obvious talent on that team like Camel's obviously going to be a high-end player for them and she get top six minutes um lambert like i said so we'll, we'll, we'll see about that that finish club though they're plucky right they don't have any many locked in first rounders that have been drafted yet and uh but they always come together and they play hard yeah, I think yeah. I would build off that. Sorry, Tony, go for it. Go nuts. No, go for it. Well, it's all you, boo. Well, I was. <laughs> all right, good to, good to know. I mean, I, 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 I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, I think that to me, like last year, watching him so much, it was pretty clear that there was something just weird with his game. It just didn't. It didn't pass the smell test. Like he was really struggling, and and really doing things that you just did not expect him to do. And then he would go back down to the junior level and like tear the place to pieces and then came back up and looked better for a time and then kind of still looked a little uncomfortable. Honestly, with Eucharist, he's just getting more ice time and, and he's been playing more and in more favorable situations and it's worked out for him. I mean, I think there's a number of players that could work with him. It depends on the role you'd want to put him in. Um, but, you know, you put him with guys that aren't bottom six players like he was getting in, in carpet and you end up with a more useful offensive player, which is what he should be. You know, you could put him on a line with Robbie Garventi and just have a two dual shooting threat type type line with maybe some mobility up the middle with Ratu and here and 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 Yarventi's just kind of that that trigger man for him. But he's a pretty good mobile player himself. Ronnie Hirvenen could be another option. He's a flexible, like they have a lot of flexible players that can put on a, a few different hats. So I'll be curious to see how he does. I expect him to perform quite well because he really has seemed to hit his stride and he's been looking like a really good finisher finally after a couple of years off. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm excited to see him. I mean, it's a, it's a big stage and I hope he, uh, I hope he performs because I've, I've seen moments that I've really, really liked out of him and I want to see more. Yeah. I think that the one thing we'll touch on there was the ice time. And I, I went through, cause I, I put him in a players to watch article today for the hockey news. And the big thing was the ice time, like 11 minutes with, with Carpot and, and up to over just over 19 with Eucharist. So it's like, like that opportunity playing up higher in the lineup and with a better opportunity. And, and let's be honest, just better quality players higher in the lineup. You're going to produce more and you're going to be able to play his game a little bit more. So you put him up in the lineup and I expect him to play in the top six for Finland this year. I mean, it's just going to be fun watching him go look at all these teams that passed over 51 t- times. He was passed over in the draft and he went 50 seconds. So it's going to be fun to see him kind of continue this redemption tour. We've seen him on this year. See how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> And would you guys prefer to have him at center or wing? Because, I mean, I, I know that he's gone back and forth a bit, um, you know, and what do you think would be best for him in terms of Finland getting, like, the best out of him? I've always liked him up the middle. That's just me. I, I think he's a better open ice player than a boards player, and I just never really liked his ability to really get pucks off the wall, whether it's through carrying the puck or passing it. I just never thought that that was where really where his comfort zone was, but you know, you get him some space as a breakout option up the middle, you know, you could make him a puck transporter. He put up some really good metrics for me last year when I was watching him do that. Um, and just when, you know, he's a big guy, but you put him along the boards, I just don't really see the same type of 
evasive skill that you see out of other top sort of scoring wingers in the European pro. So for me, I think I lean towards putting him down the middle, but if you want him just as a pure finisher and sort of one of those secondary transition guys and put him on the wing, then yeah, I could totally see that, but that, 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 that's just my read. I'd say that's about right too. I, I've always kind of seen him as a winger myself, just in, in the NHL level. But I think at this event, particularly, he could yeah. find himself playing in the middle of the ice and he could, and he could, yeah, I think he's great in the open ice too. Um, so we'll see, like, he, like, like Will said, that they do have a lot of flexible players. They have a lot of options, a lot of pieces that can move in and out and around their, their whole top 12, that, that whole four group, like you can mix and mash and, and kind of set up some, some interesting combinations and, and like, they're just going to play a great team game. Like they always do. And they're going to come out and be a hard out. And and so uh, I like, I'm, I'm really interested. I'm always interested to watch these fins play and see what they do. <laughs> Would you guys consider pairing him with, you know, I mean, with maybe Brad Lambert? I would. I would. Cause why not? Why not throw the two guys together? I mean, they don't play the similar game together at all. Um, this like, like Cam and Willow both touched on, like, you've got a lot of flexible players on this, on this team. And at the end of the day, like, we're probably going to see multiple lineups with this team. So if you want to start with them there, why, like, sure, go for it. I, I don't think that's the best option, but you, cause you guys, you have heard guys like Hervin and you have other guys up and down this lineup that you can pair him with. And you probably, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Brad Lambert because he has struggled this year. He has kind of been a little bit up and down and, you see him look good in the transition game. You see him look good in certain areas, but he's not really been able to produce. So is that the best to put either of them in a position to succeed? Probably not. But I mean, if you want to try to start, I'm not completely against it. Two guys that aren't great decision makers is my, my concern there. Yeah. 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 Might, might, might want to spread them out. Yeah. I would like um, to see Raptor with a, with a, to run his own line. And I think maybe off Lambert or Lambert from someone else. And have to drive his own line with someone like yeah. Jarvin T or uh, I don't know Simon Tyvall maybe. Uh, yeah, just to have 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 him run his own line. And try to like give him uh, that uh, little confidence. I think it would be good for him. Um, and the next topic that I want to bring up is Alexander Holtz. Um, is going um uh, sorry is going to be headed to the World Juniors camp. Um. And um, and I saw that Scott Wheeler had tweeted out uh, this morning um, that something to the effect that he would love a all outs in William Eklund um, and Alexander Holtz line. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love to get your thoughts on that, guys. That would be fun. That would be hard mm-hmm. to stop. That would be. Would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Be a- yeah, yeah, that would be a pretty dynamic line with a pretty hard to stop uh, getting getting them into this offensive zone. Because we are excellent and uh, allows and can just carry the puck how much they want and then just have Holt lying in, in the back, just trying to score a lot of goals. But yeah, I think uh, I think that would be the the best top line Sweden could could produce. I'm not sure if they're gonna play Eklund at center or not. Uh, it's uh, I prefer Eklund at a wing, but maybe in this tournament, the same with Ratu, maybe in this tournament it would be fun to see him at a at center to see what he, what he does there. Um, yeah, that line would be, I've said it as well, so I, I agree with it, Scott, and I think that's a perfect line for Sweden. Yeah, I could see them do run an even like Niederbach 
and, I mean, uh, I, and putting Holtz, Holtz and Eklund on the wing there I, with them if I, they don't run Eklund. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Or Olausen, like Holtz and Olausen with Niederbach, I think would work perfectly fine, right? Like Olausen possesses the puck really, really, really well. Niederbach just is just chipping in with great stuff all the time. And then you got Alexander Holtz who can also chip in with good stuff all the time. But then that shot, right? Like I could see just loading up their top line with just guy and guy and guy. I don't know. I've. I, William Eklund to me as a winger has just been electrifying every time I've watched him. I've, I haven't really seen him play center much that real true center depth, but I mean, I like the idea of Teddy Niederbach and them just playing him a whole bunch and just, you know, layering on guys like Olausen and Holtz around him. You know, you have supplementary scoring behind them, but I would think that a guy like Niederbach is really going to anchor that team for sure. Yeah. I think they, they will play Eklund and Holtz together in some shape. But I'm not sure if they're going to play Eklund at center or at a wing. But yeah. those two together are uh, are magic together. So that, that would be that would be great. They're, they had a lot of fun together in the SHL last year. And when they were at their best, they were crushing the best teams in the league. And uh, but they were a bit inconsistent because they played against men, so they had a rough time sometimes. But but I think the uh, Holtz and Eklund together is. Uh, I, I jokingly say they're the Sedine 2.0s, but it's a little bit unfair. <laughs> maybe but yeah, I, I think those two together would be uh, perfect. And then whoever they want, one in between them, Niederbach is a very good option. Um, there aren't many great centers on the Swedish team, though, so we'll see. And then in terms of their forward depth, I mean, um, you know, I mean, you are also looking at Rosen and Lizel. Do you guys believe that? Sorry, do you guys believe that they will go in at line two? I hope so. That'd be my thing. Yeah. It, it'd be nice, but like we've seen it before with especially Fabian Lisell, where Sweden seems to not love the kid for whatever reason. And it, it's probably some attitude stuff and some off ice issues that there, but in terms of pure talent, yeah, like those two guys would be the next two on the wing, and, and you put a, a center between them and let them kind of run the show. But we'll see, because like I said, I wouldn't be shocked to see Lee Sell kind of get one of those situations where he's not necessarily given the best opportunity to play up to his level, and, and it'll be interesting. They like Zion Nijak, just, too. We could see him get, yep. get yeah. elevated up. Yeah. I mean, like, with Lee Sell, I mean, the, the good thing is if all else fails, he's not the worst bottom six option either. He's a really, really awesome player off the puck as well. Uh, just high-end offense seems to be a little bit withheld at this time in his in his development but i think that even if he's not in that top six it'll be fine like again similar to kind of finland sweden has a lot of these sort of flexible guys who can sort of chip in in a whole bunch of different areas and uh you know i mean i'm hoping that Lisell is part of the team but i imagine that a guy like isaac rasen is going to play a big role as well uh playing in probably that top six on that second line because you know william mecklen and alexander holtz can't play 60 minutes he can try, yeah. He can try. And were you guys shocked about, um, sorry, about the William Wallinder and the Simon Robertson uh, omissions? I think uh, the Wallinder one is quite, quite a big, big omission. Um, they have a pretty strong left side, but I think he's uh, he's that kind of player that you want in, in, in these long tournaments because if, uh, if Edmonton or... Um, um, Andre don't 
the liver, you could just move William Linder up and he, he could probably jump into either, either of those roles and uh, produce uh, produce equally as well. So I think I think it's a bigger mission. Um, I don't understand why you select someone like Montfoschiel or uh, uh, Victor Kaholm above uh, William Linder. Um, it's it's hard to hard to understand, but it's a bit similar to the Brent Clark situation in Canada. So it's, it's the same reasoning, basically that they like the the formation they have now, uh, as opposed to with William Linder in it. Yeah, he pretty much nailed it. I haven't been watching those guys too closely. I did catch yeah. a little Robertson uh, just when I was scouting some other guys and he was back in the J20 and I was like, ah, he shouldn't be back in the J20. He should be getting minutes up in the SHL. I was, uh, I was a little disappointed to see him down there because he was he was one a kid that I, I projected that would, would transition really well to the NHL into a bottom six role. Um, so you would expect that he would transition to the world juniors in a nice strong bottom six role for them at this, uh, this event too. So a little disappointing. And then, yeah, while Inder, he's been putting up good numbers in the SHL anyways, I haven't been watching him really, but, uh, but I think Mikel's right is that it's, they're looking for, for chemistry and they're trying to mix and match and, and try to find that right combination to, to get the puck up and, and have strong defensive reliability back there too. So, yeah, I mean, they're not going to try to bang with the, with the North American team. So I guess they, they didn't need his size either. A little bit disappointed, but. I mean, what can you do? I mean, I think I look at the Swedish team. I'm looking at their roster now, and I think they also have a bit of that top six, bottom six approach to things. You know, they're kind of taking a bunch of guys who, you know, like guys like Elias Stenman come to mind, guys who maybe don't have a ton of flash or skill or offensive projectability, but like real smart 200-foot kind of minutes-eating potential. And I could see that with sort of their bottom six guys rather than their team up with as much offensive firepower as possible. And that has earned a shot. I mean, Simon Robertson is almost a goal per game when he's at the junior level this year, which, I mean, I don't know. I'll hold all diamond hands on, on, on Simon Robertson for quite a few more years after this one, uh, even if this one is a bit of a down year where he misses the tournament. And what are your guys' thoughts on, on the Philadelphia Flyers prospect, Emil Andre, and, um, and what his role will be uh, at the World Juniors? I mean, every time I, yeah, I was gonna say every time I've watched Andre, he he does the same thing. He he's gonna be a guy that eats minutes, like Will just said. And but I don't know if he necessarily has that top end speed to kind of escape from situations and, and stuff like that. So when he gets pressured, I'm a little concerned there. But they seem to like him. But I, I look at a guy like we, we just talked about with Wallander, and I'm like, do would I rather Wallander be in the situations that he's probably gonna end up finding himself in at this tournament? Yeah, probably, but. Uh, as, as things go, like Wallander's not on the team and Andre's probably going to play huge minutes. So it's, it's a weird situation, but it's what Sweden shows. Yeah. Emil Andre has a, he has had a strong season in the, in the Allsvenskan, the second tier division in Sweden. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm with the Tony there. That he, has, he doesn't really necessarily have the speed uh, to, uh, to, um, to, to uh, to evade the opposition and try try to get away from from them. He, he's a great passer. Like he can he can uh, he can pass the puck like no one else can. But I, I just don't think he's better than William Wallander. To be honest, I think William Wallander was in the same situation as Andre was as the number one defenseman in the uh, in the in the hockey Olympian team. Then he would have probably. Done the same thing or even better than you know Andre, and uh, I think Andre is uh, uh, for this tournament he could be fine, but I, I'm I'm not sure about his projectability to the NHL. Uh, he he is very very slow, and I think that's a a big a big um, 
big hindrance to a to a guy that uh, is five nine and a defenseman. Yeah, I mean, my my thing with him was always kind of similar to that. It's uh, he's a smaller player that plays defense, and he's not necessarily the quickest or most mobile, or you know, doesn't really have the sort of skill or 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 he's a great passer, like you said. Um, but again, I think he's one of those guys where it could work. You know, he could eat a ton of minutes for the Swedish team this year. He probably will. He's a physical guy. He chips in defensively. But beyond this tournament, I don't know. I don't I don't really see his game translating as well as it probably could. But uh, you never know. <laughs> you never know. He's had a strong year in the second division in Sweden. Um, but I just feel like he'll be a good player at this tournament. He'll show well. Uh, he'll eat a lot of minutes for Sweden. Hopefully they do do well. Um, but yeah, like everybody's kind of beaten around is, is, is his, uh, projectability has always been a concern. Let's move to Russia next. Um, so Ivan, sorry. So Ivan Mirchnichenko, um, has had start to his season and, uh, Europe has been fighting for, well, basically any chance to actually play, um, <laughs> What are, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on, you know, on the, you know, on the rough start for Mirchnachenko, um, you know, and what, you know, and what his role uh, might be and who, I mean, in which center would you actually pair him with? I'd leave him at home, personally. <laughs> uh, honestly, like the, the Russians loathe bringing 17-year-olds when they're, ripping it up and they're looking great and Maroshenchenko hasn't been. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much in question of his game right now. Um, I've even gone back and watched some D minus one tape that did not get me too excited. He's basically kind of a one trick pony at the U 18s. He had a decent Helenko where the points came, but he wasn't that great. And to be frank, like you're off drove a lot of that play for him for, for him to jack all those points off. Like the kid, he's got a good shot. We know that he's got a little snarl, but my goodness, like, I don't know if I've ever seen him scan the ice. Like he just never scans. Like he'll run into his own teammates. He misses passing lanes consistently. Um, I don't know. Like I was talking to a guy on the team side who was, who was kind of lambasting us for, for putting him at the very tail end of the first round, just said, you guys, you're going a little too far on, on the other end. He's still probably in that 10 to 15 range. And, and, you know, granted, like right now, I've, I've still probably got him around 20 just because of some of the guys down below him. But like, I, at the rate he's going, like I'd be dropping him out of the first round. If he keeps this up, it's just like, I, I value awareness a ton. And for Russia to bring a 17 year old kid, who's not going to be making all the smart plays defensively. He's going to be inconsistent. He's going to miss passing lanes. He's not going to play a pro level game. Like, I don't know. Uh, I'd be leaving him home. I wouldn't be pairing him up with any of those kids. Yeah. I think I'm with cam on this one. Like, I don't know what you do with him because as Cam kind of mentioned, he's got that tunnel vision. He seems to have one thing on his mind from the moment he gets the puck on his stick to until the puck is off his stick, usually because of defenders taking it off. It's unfortunate because you once in a while you see those flashes of the tools, the skill that he has, but then it's like, where, where is it 90% of the time? You just don't know what he wants to do with the puck because honestly, like, like I said, he gets one thing that he wants to do with the puck and he doesn't, like as Cam mentioned, he doesn't look around. He doesn't use his teammates effectively. I don't know what you do with them. Do you pair, pair him with Yurov again and go, well, hopefully Yurov can get those points out of him because maybe that's what you do, but then you're not putting Yurov in a, in a position to succeed. And I think that's the better prospect out of the two of them right now. As Cam mentioned, like, they, they don't love playing 
these 17 year olds, they don't love playing these young guys on the Russian roster. And I, I know we'll get to a, a, an even younger player in a minute here, but like, <laughs> what do you, what do you do with the, this kid? Because I just don't understand it. This like, He's done nothing to justify being in the top 10 where some people still have him. As Cam mentioned, he's down near 20 on my list as well. It's like, I don't know, man, with this kid, because I look at him and I go, the best place to put him is with Yurov, but then you're kind of screwing over Yurov. Yeah. So, yeah. And so Tony actually just ruined my next question. But, uh, <laughs> but what I do, what do you do with <laughs> Matt Faye Mitchkov then? You give him all the minutes. You give him all <laughs> the minutes. I don't care how old he is. And now he's 17. He's not even 16 anymore. Happy birthday, Matt V, yesterday or maybe today or whatever it was. He just, he just turned 17. Um, th- th- that kid is legit. You give him first line, everything, and then watch him have fun. That's it. Yeah, That's and I was, I, was talking to, I was talking to someone today about it, and we're, we're kind of joking that the most hockey thing in the world, especially Russian hockey thing, would be to put him in a depth role. But if they do that, they're sacrificing wins at this tournament at that point. I think this kid's going to be one of the best players on that team, if not the best player on that team. And I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him up near the top of the scoring leader for the for the tournament. Like this kid's legit. He's got a ridiculous amount of talent. I, I've said it for a couple months now, at least a couple months, that I, I, he's probably the best player in the twenty three draft, despite the fact that Connor Bedard exists and my boy Dalibor Dvorsky. But like, I, I just don't understand. Like, without that contract, he'd be number one on the board, in, in my opinion, without without a doubt. And you, you give him all the minutes, you give him all the opportunity, you put him on both power plays if you want. I don't care. Just get this kid scoring because he's going to score the lights out if you give him the opportunity to. But you're right. Watch him Watch him start as like the 11th forward or something for a minute, you know, and, yeah. and then and we'll until ride. they get down a goal. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We'll <laughs> but like I, I tweeted this out the other day, like the only person in the MHL who has more points per game than he has goals <laughs> per game this year is him. Like he's the only one, like nobody can even put up the same amount of points as he can put up goals in the junior league over there. Like, it's just not even comparable. Like he, he, like Tony said, he's, he should be one of the best players for Russia as a borderline 17 year old. Sorry. So with that being said, would you pair him with Mara Kuznetinov as well as Fyodor and go with a, um, sorry, and go with a all SKA St. Petersburg line? I mean, I can easily see him being put with Marakas Nadinov. You know, like Matt Bimichkov's finishing ability is second to none. But if there's anything that's a weakness in his game, if you want to call it that, it's puck <laughs> transportation. And Marakas Nadinov is one of the better puck transition guys that you're going to find playing for Russia this year, especially up the middle. I mean, Vasily Ponomaryov might come to mind as well. I mean, I don't know if you put him on a line with Kuznodinov and Svechkov, but you know, they, they have their options where they can put him with a number of different guys. Like, as long as someone's able to get him the puck in the offensive zone, it doesn't really matter. Like, so of those guys, I mean, for me, Murat's the one that sticks out. And, and he's the, I believe Murat is the highest scoring KHL player on that team this season, uh, just from taking a quick glance at the roster. And so that's with declining ice time over the course of the year. And I think that he's the ideal option. He was their number one center last year. I don't see that changing this year. Um, and whoever you put with them, I don't, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> you just find someone who can get, to get them the puck and let them finish. 100%. Yeah. I, it doesn't really matter. I would, I'd mesh him with Kuznet Dinov as well. Uh, a couple of smaller ish guys. So maybe you want to put some meat on that, on that line at some point too, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all about getting him the puck in transition and Murat. We all love Murat. So yeah, let's, let's feed him some minutes too. So moving on to another 2023 prospect uh to dolly board 
Tavorsky. Um, so, um, so what do you guys expect his role to be at the World Juniors? Give him all the minutes. All, <laughs> all the minutes. Just minutes. <laughs> all the minutes. Yeah. I mean, who do you take? Who do you who do you take minutes from on Slovakia? Right? Like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. he plays on the second line, but like, he's objectively one of the best players on that team, if not top what two or three. Like. Just give him minutes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, it, they should just mesh up what they did at the U18s or the Holinka. I mean, and Michelle yeah, Slavkovsky yeah. and and Dvorsky and and watch yeah, them all play them twenty five minutes. Yeah, and they'll they'll be you know there's going to be some hiccups and Slovakia's not going to medal, uh, but they might next year. Um, but uh, yeah, just feed him because that kid is good. He's probably the best of the bunch. Realistically, he's only sixteen, so he might not be able to show out as well at this point. But skill wise, like whew. Tony, I yeah. think you're sitting over there just oh. smirking away. Hey, just he's he's glowing. I I love he this kid. Ever court, since yeah. watching it, yeah, it's, the kid's dally dope. I don't even care if that's a terrible vibe. <laughs> it, it's, it's, terrible. it's my fa- it's my it. favorite thing. Like I, I love watching this kid play. His finishing ability is, in my opinion, the best on this team, no matter what. You you like Cam said, toss him with Slavkovsky and Masar on in that top line, and and just run them, just run them all you want. Let them play 25 plus minutes a night and. Oh, I'm I'm just gonna enjoy watching this kid play and tweeting out every goal he scores. Just put put t- from TSN Media though, right? Like make sure you get. Oh, you, you, you don't sure want to be getting those DMC notices this year, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got none last year. Thank goodness. Oh my I god! Kept making strike, uh, but wait I kept a second, Dylan. Them. Yeah. Wait a second, uh, but Dylan got them. Yes, Dylan. Yeah, got Dylan. Them. He's still recovering. He lost that account. Poor Dylan. Oi. Yeah. Poor guy. Oi. Um. So, uh, so, but then in terms of the 2022 prospects um, for, uh, sorry, for the Slovakian side, um, you know, you've got, you know, you've got Uri Slavkovsky, uh, Servak Petrovsky, uh, Philip Mazar, Adam Sikora, uh, Simon Nemec, uh, Radislav Elias, Josef uh, William Mech. I mean, out of that bunch, who do you see as the top Slovak uh, coming out of this tournament, and sorry, sorry. Let me rephrase that. In terms of like the production and overall value for the team, not um, sorry, not yeah, sorry, not in terms of their draft value. Probably gonna be Simone Nimich because he's gonna play thirty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that guy's gonna get all the minutes. Wow. Yeah, yeah all he'll, he'll actually he'll actually <laughs> get all the minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I we're mean, gonna see Slavkovsky really, really do well. I think we're gonna see Mashar just dazzle and transition. Uh, we'll see. Like, the, the, like I said, the Slovaks are gonna be a fun team. We're all gonna probably want to tune in. They're, they might not win a ton of games this year as they get their feet wet through it. But yeah, I'm, I'm guessing Nemec is gonna he's gonna do his thing. Is really is just so nuanced and sound two-way game. You, he might not pile up a ton of points, but if he's on the ice that much, dishing the puck to those guys, he'll he'll certainly get a few. Um, I want to. I'm a little bit just, worried about the about Slovakia in the group. Um, they they are a uh, kind. Of, if you're as a Swede, they're kind of scary team. Could like they could have a have a brilliant game and then just beat the living shit out of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree with Mikel here. I think Slovakia is going to upset somebody. I don't know who it is. They're going to up some, upset somebody in the group stage. I think, like like Cam said, they're probably not going to medal this year. Maybe next, but like man, like they're going to be a fun team to watch. Like I said, Dalibor is going to go off. Like this team has <laughs> got a lot of talent. Like 
it's going to be fun to watch and, and just tire fire hockey. Like we're going to see some high scoring games with this team. I think. I, I want to throw some, I want to throw some weight behind Adam Sakura. That's a guy who I haven't heard much about, but I've really liked him when I watch, like I've watched Philip Massar, Mashar over in Slovakia quite often. And, and obviously Simon Nemish, but uh, I believe Sakura plays with one of them. I could be wrong. I am not wrong. Uh, I think it's Nemish. Yeah, he plays and, Nemish uh, there in Nitra. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed watching Adam Sakura play hockey in a more limited role on that team. But he's one that I think I'll have one eye on during this tournament as a, especially as a draft eligible. And I know that a lot of draft sites have been, you know, uh, sorry, have been a little bit down on uh, Philip Mazar. Um, but I mean, but is this a coming out party for him? Which Could sites be. are down on Philip Mashar? Yeah, seriously. Not, okay, bad okay. Let's go. not, okay, Let's go. not you. You read my sorry, article, Scout? Not you, yeah. Cam. <laughs> sorry. Oh, we're, don't worry, man. We're on the same page. Same team. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We usually are. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if it's a coming out party. It's always tough to be a 17 year old at this event. Even if you're, you're, you know, highly, highly talented, if you're not insulated with a bunch of other talent, you, you know, you're going to, you're going to show up well against Austria, you know, and, and it's going to be a fun game against the Czechs. But when you're playing the big, when you're playing the big five, it's, it's going to be a little harder for them to, to really, to really wow. But I love this kid. Like there, there are some flaws to his game. I'm just imagining what it could become and i'm seeing <laughs> yeah. shades of nikolai ehlers in transition with a crossover laden stride and he's got the quick hands and he's just a ton of fun to watch he's not afraid to get in and lift sticks in the corner and so it, for me like i've got him as i know i said I, I had him as a top 10 kid and i actually have him at 11 but uh top 11 kid i i think he's great i think he's just got this high high upside not a high floor probably um at his size and and he can get pushed off to the perimeter a little bit even on the big ice um, so it will be interesting. I'm, I'm really curious to see how he does on the small rank. I think that's going to be, uh, that's going to be kind of a, an opportunity for him to show that he can play in traffic and succeed. So that that's definitely what I'm looking for out of him, Mashar. I also just want to shout out Martin Kromiak that I saw I, just a little bit. And I haven't watched a lot of OHL hockey, but I watched a little bit and he, he, he's always been good when I watched the Kingston move he, I like uh, Chromeck, and at least in the OHL, he's done well. I'm, I'm a bit excited to see him do play on the top line for Slovakia. So he's he's good. He's been good for Kingston yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, he's gotten a lot better. I remember watching him when he was draft eligible and having a lot of questions. But he's 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 moving a lot better this year. He's always mm-hmm. got that shot. He's an offensive weapon, but he's he's improved quite a bit over the last couple of years for sure. Yeah, he's a guy that I described in his draft year as the an elite passenger. He's not going to drive a line yeah. on his own. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a guy that can ever kind of carry himself and, and really carry the, the water on his line. But you put him with someone talented. I mean, we've seen it in Kingston with him and Shane Wright. And he's going to be more than capable because he's got the creativity and the offensive flair. But there's a lot of other things he doesn't necessarily do, except especially outside that offensive zone. So you put him with some, some of the talent that's on that team this year, and, and I'm, I'm ready to see him kind of go off. And then shifting to the checks um so who sorry so who do you believe has a stronger tournament uh david yurichek or simon emich i think yurichek is going to just feast on this competition i don't know i feel like there aren't very many defensemen in this year's draft that quite play like he does like yeah there's he's got some confidence and, and creativity with his hands and you know he's got some good puck skill and he can shoot but he's also a real mean guy sometimes and he can really throw his weight around and get involved defensively and we've seen him against junior competition like he doesn't really belong playing against juniors 
so I get the feeling that he might have more of an impactful, both literally and metaphorically impactful tournament rather than Nemish. But I feel like Nemish is going to play more minutes and maybe just through that get more exposure. But Juracek is, you know, I feel like he's going to have a nice meal at this tournament. How many suspensions does he have this year? Is it just two? Because you're right, he is not a yeah. he's not a friendly customer in front of the net. There, like he, yeah. he let those those blows get up high, those cross checks get up into the chin. Yep. Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. I see a lot of draft it's, boards having him 15, 18, 20. Like, yeah, this kid. Crazy to me. This kid looks top five to me. Like he looks like he's going to be dynamite. He's already really strong defensively. I'd like to see him open up the offense a little bit more on the on a regular basis because you can see that it's in there. He's got more. He's got more movement at the top of the umbrella than Nemich does. That's that's my big knock on on Simon Nemich is that he doesn't really move laterally at the top of the zone too often. Where Yurishek definitely does. He he's got lots of lateral mobility. Um, he doesn't have necessarily the horses to work with maybe the fun super high-end offensive pieces to work with to really to really show out with some big points but yeah I'm, I'm with will there i think that he's gonna he probably won't get as many minutes and maybe not as impactful of point totals but he should be a lot of fun and yeah i'm looking for him to flash a little mean at this event too hopefully not too much and get himself sat and sit down again but yeah that's what i was just gonna say is he, he's a guy like and you guys know i'm i'm very much the skill guy i don't love the the huge guys that crush people but man i love watching this kid just crush people and, and be just a jerk in front of the net like it's gonna be fun because he's not gonna be playing against men anymore he's gonna be playing against junior age kids and when you get a smaller guy in front of the net with him like they're not gonna stay there too long so it's gonna be entertaining to watch and i just want to clarify one thing in that question about nemesh um i um sorry at the beginning of it i mentioned shifting to the checks and i just wanted to clarify that i did not mean to imply that nemich is czech so um <laughs> he's gonna so, get, he's gonna get you yeah you know i you You're know i you know i heard that there was a uh Uri slavkovsky playing for finland but uh you know but uh <laughs> oh, baby. but i might have heard oh, wrong uh-oh oh, whoops here we go. Well, he plays oh in Finland, so he should play for Finland. That's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I can't wait for Austin Matthews to suit up for Canada at the Olympics, baby. Hey, we'll take him. <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll take him. So for Czech games, I expect that the interest level from Habs fans will be high uh, to see Jan Mishik. Sorry, from the sorry from the, the 2020 draft until this point, how have you guys seen his game grow? Um, and um, you know, and what are your expectations um, for you know for Jan at the World Juniors? He's he's one of those guys. Give him minutes. He's going to be their primary scoring guy. Like just shovel all of the minutes at him. He's he's a heck of a hockey player. I've really enjoyed watching him every single time I've watched him, even playing limited minutes in the AHL. Um, I think Habs fans will also be paying very close attention to what Shane Wright is doing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Jan Mijak is, I mean, I imagine going to play on that first line on that team. And they're going to, like, I'm looking up, the, up and down this lineup, and I don't know how many of these guys are going to score consistently in this tournament. I mean, they, they have a pretty decent defensive team. They may be able to squeak some games out three, two, two, one. And Jan Mishak's going to need to be the catalyst for that. I think. 
I don't have um, a ton to say about him. He's decent. He's a he's a player that that has that the, the Habs fans, like he said, is going to get a lot of hype on him just because of, yeah. of where he was drafted. And you know, I've I haven't watched him too much in Hamilton this year. I've heard reports that he's been pretty good, maybe not demonstrably so, but good enough. And on a pretty young team, the Bulldogs have there too, so uh, not a ton to work with. But yeah, he'll be he'll be a player. He'll be a player as a 19 year old event. Like he should he should step up and and be one of the better players on that team. Yeah. And so similar to Philip Mazar. I know that a lot of folks, you know, have, um, you know, have Yuri Kulich in, you know, in, you know, in like the 30 to 50 range. What are your thoughts on Yuri um, and what, you know, and, you know, and what his role might look like for, uh, sorry, for the checks at the World Juniors? I'm just going to jump right in. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, well, do it. You do your thing. Oh, man. I don't, I don't know. I've just been watching Yuri Kulik all season and I love him. I think he's great. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's going to be the most impactful player this year for them. I, I think that he's a guy where in three years he'll be much better than he is now, but I've really, 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 really liked him at the, at the Czech pro level. He's probably one of the more underrated guys out there. Just the, he's, he's so smart in terms of just back checking. He's a true center. He back checks. Well, he quarterbacks transitions pretty well for a men's league player. He gets to the net if he doesn't have the puck in the offensive zone. He gets his chances. Like he's a meat and potatoes guy that's got some speed, uh, and I think you can go far with those guys. I don't know if he's going to be like a first line or even a second line guy there, but even as a third line center, I think that's perfectly acceptable. And I think that once he gets a bit stronger in a couple of years, he's going to be something. I've got him in my first round, and I can't find thirty guys I'd take higher than him. Or is that did that come out right it's late i don't nailed it something like yeah (laughs) okay thank you just double check I love it too, because I've got him as a bubble, a bubble, a kid, maybe like a B plus right kid. Um, I'm with you. Like he's, he's strong defensively. Like he's yeah. constantly on the right side of the puck, supporting his mates. Well, I mean, then he can flash some high end offense. Like he scored yeah. a pretty terrific goal there last week too, in, in the top league. Um, I like him a lot. And, and I think you're right. I think that he's probably more suited for the middle six this year and that he probably won't get a ton of points, but we're looking at future projections for him. Like if someone will probably nab him on day two, like I doubt he goes in the, first round this year unless he, he kind of boosts up a little bit throughout the year it seems europe's just underscouted and underappreciated and so that these type of guys end up falling into the 40s 50s 60s and then yeah we're gonna look back in six or seven years and be like what was this guy doing available in the second or third <laughs> round like someone should have been listening to will and and he i think he's a lot of fun too just because he's for his age like he's advanced with his thinking on the ice and i love that yeah. players yeah to yeah. piggyback on what will and cam were just saying is is i think and this is going to be one of those situations where I hope they play him down the middle because I do think he is going to be, that's where he's at his best. I think he's a really, really good center. And, and you always see the teams play the young guys on the wing for whatever reason, because they just don't trust him there. But I, I think he's got some sneaky, good finishing ability too, as Cam just mentioned, like he's got the ability to flash that really nice skill. And when you have a two way guy that plays as good defensively as he does and has that ability to flash the skill maybe he's their secret weapon on the third line or something. And, and he kind of is the, the difference between them winning or losing a game or, or even the difference between losing a game five to four or five to one, right? Like it's going to be interesting to see where he does and, and how much he can actually impact the game at this level at, at this age. Um, And can you guys go around the room and, you know, and list one player for the Austrian German and the <laughs> Swiss teams that you would urge fans to keep a, uh, eye on 
All right, I'll, I'll start with the first one, and, and I'll go with the Austrian team. And it's it's and I'm go, going right with right what Rachel Dory's been talking to me about recently, and and that's uh, Vincent Roher plays in in Ottawa in the OHL, and he's putting up a ton of points. I've watched him a few times, and, and there are moments where he does do some really nice things, especially around the net. I think he does a pretty decent job, but I, I don't know exactly what this kid is, and I don't think he knows exactly what he is yet, but. On a team that doesn't have a ton of high-end skill, I could see him being a guy that kind of flashes and, and starts proving something. But he is young for this tournament and into 2004 born. So it's going to be interesting to see where he plays. But yeah, there's a lot of guys on this team that I'm just like, I, what are any of these guys going to do really? How'd you leave Marco Casper for me to talk about on that Austria team? Like he's oh, the guy. He's fantastic. That's why. Yeah, so I, yeah. I wanted to go with some depth there for you. Oh, you're just showing, hey, it's late night. He's <laughs> digging deep into his pockets to pay that Uber fare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Marco, Marco Casper, who that's who I'm watching. Like that kid, he is yeah. a lot of fun, right? Like he plays like a buzzsaw in the SHL right now. And and he's probably gonna do that at the at the WJC here too. He's he's just he's like a power forward built into a kid who doesn't really have the size for it, but he doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck. Like he's a, another pure center who just, who goes out there and plays a hard, hard game. And, you know, he's already seeing like pretty legit minutes in, in the top league in Sweden there too. So I expect that he's going to have a nice transition to that smaller rank and, and really kind of grind and smash for Austria again, like, right. It's Austria. He's going to have a hard time putting up a ton of points and really making too much of a name for himself. But for, Folks like us, we're going to really appreciate what he's doing out there. But shouldn't he be playing on Team Sweden if he plays in the SHL? Oh, right. My, my mistake. Yeah. yeah. That's why I didn't go with him in original. Sweden would have needed. Yeah, you could use him. Yeah. Yeah, need a center. No, I watched it. I just want to take it back off of what Margaret Casper. I remember I was watching a guy on the Ruggler's junior team, and then I was uh, – he was all right, but then it was just like this center guy. Damn, he's just dominating. Who is that? And then it was just like, oh, it's Morgan Casper. Yeah, he he just crushes <laughs> everyone and just like completely dominates the the junior league in Sweden. So yeah, he was um, he's he's fantastic. He's a he's a very he's a very likable player, and whoever's going to draft him is going to have a have a very solid center for a lot of years. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I mean, I think. I mean, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the German roster right now, and it's, <laughs> I don't know. I just went straight Max to Luca, Luca, Luca yeah. Munzenberger. Yeah, Luca. I mean, like they have a, they have a team. Like it's a team, and, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Um, but I mean, I'm gonna stay on brand uh, because people seem to affiliate me with players like these. But I'm super excited to watch Dario Sidler play for the Swiss junior for the Swiss junior team this year. He's uh, 18 years old. He's five seven. Uh, plays D, but he was great at the under 18s. I know no one will ever draft him. Uh, he'll probably never make the NHL, but as a junior age player, I love watching him. He just, and he's been doing really well in a pro level, uh, even though it's the Swiss second division, granted. Um, but he's one of the leading scorers on his team, which is a junior team in a men's league, which I think is pretty decent. Um, but I'm also curious about Liam Bixell. We were watching, mm -hmm. we were talking about, we were talking about David Juracek a lot earlier. And I think if you want, that type of a defenseman who can be a bit of that meanie pants guy in front of the net, you know, the old using your spine as a, as a washboard kind of thing with his hockey stick. Uh, he can do that. And I think if it's not your check, it'll be big sell. That's kind of maybe getting in some hot water, but you need guys like that. Maybe if you want to be a team like the, the Swiss, where I just don't think that their chances are particularly great, but 
it could be interesting to see what happens if he's got to block out some bigger players or better players and he can do it. Uh, but I definitely have my eyes on the little guy playing D there in uh, Dario Siddler. So that actually, um, sorry. So that actually reminds me too, because, uh, um, because Dario Siddler is what the same, uh, what the same height as uh, Tony's boy, Yuso Mayenpa. <laughs> he's a bit, bit he's no, a bit taller. Yeah, I was going to say Mayenpa is definitely a couple inches shorter. <laughs> <laughs> but Big Sal, he sure ain't short, right? Six foot no, five. He and, yeah, yeah, he's about yeah, double right. Mayenpa. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say stack them on top of each other, right? Like that guy is a mean son of a bitch in front of the net too. Like he will hurt some people. Yeah. Watch him yeah. for the suspensions this this tourney. Big Sal is another one of those uh, players that can come to Sweden or a place in Sweden that are about six foot five and. Uh, it gets compared to Victor Hedman immediately as they tap on the ice. <laughs> right. It's like he's like Victor Hedman. It's just like no, he's no. not. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not because, it's because he's big, he's, he's not Victor Hedman. But yeah, he's he's another one of those guys who were in in the preseason. He was compared to Victor Hedman by some fool. Some fool. <laughs> yeah, no. A uh, group B is basically the group of death. Um, you know, you've got U.S. Russia. Sweden, Slovakia, and Switzerland. Who do you guys believe will come out on top? The U.S. I come on, Mikael. You're, you're not going with Sweden, your home country. I'm scared Sweden's gonna. I'm scared Sweden's gonna end up last. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think whoever's goalie shows up, I think, is winning that group. Like, I don't know. I look at the U.S. goaltending and think that's the only weakness on that team. But they've got a hell of a defense group protecting them. I look at Russia. I don't think their defense group is that bad, but they've got Askarov in net. Like, if Askarov shows up, they're going to be a hard team to beat. If Sweden, they've got Jesper Wallstead. If he shows up, they're going to be a hard team to beat. Like, the only thing that I think holds back the States is their goaltending. But if they win games like 5-3, 6-4, you know, and get under the skin or get behind the Russian defense or the Swedish defense, which I think they can, then maybe they put something like that together. But I think it, I mean, it's a hell of a group. I mean, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, Slovakia will be fun. I don't think they make it. I don't think Switzerland makes it. Um, but I think it'll depend on which goalie shows up. Yeah. My money's on the Americans there too, just because like they're potent. And I think, you know, Comesso, he's a decent yeah. goalie and he's, he's, he's a big guy and he's not that big, I guess, but he's, he's, he's rangy and he's, I think he's, he's pretty mobile and, but you're, he's, he's definitely the third best goalie, fourth best goalie in that group. So um, like, like Will said, if Alstead or Askarov want to go ahead and steal a whole bunch of games and that's just what they're going to do. And, and you're, you're going to have a hard time beating them, but man, that firepower, that the Americans are bringing. I love their back end too. So that's really going to help, you know, stifle some chances against for them and, and give Camesso, if he's the guy, it'll help them out too. But um, that is going to be a lot of fun, right? Like I'm, I'm pretty devastated that the creds didn't come in for the world juniors this year. Cause I was really looking forward to just sitting down and watching that group have fun for a while live and in, in color. So uh, yeah, that's, that's what everyone's going to be tuning into. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I think this, the United States is probably going to take over that group and they're going to end up winning it. But I mean, with, with my boy Tyler Clevin back there defending things and Jake Sanderson, I, I know Sens fans are upset that, that Tyler Boucher, top 10 pick, isn't on the team. I know they're upset about that, but at least they have Tyler Clevin. 
the K train back there to do do some damage. But no, I, as Will mentioned, I think Askarov and, and Wellstep both have the ability to steal steal some games and, and win that group for either of those teams. And I mean, maybe Dalibor goes off and, and some of those Slovakian kids go crazy and, and surprise. But it, in reality, I think those top three teams are those top three are the top three, and it's going to be fun to see who wins it out. But I do think the United States has the advantage right now. I think for Sweden, if we, I'm just going to mention that the, you have, we talked a lot about players who is going to log a lot of minutes. Uh, Sweden has Simon Edmondson, a lot of hang, a lot of the possibilities for Sweden to go far is on his shoulders this tournament. And uh, if he can play as good as he has in the as in the FHL, I think he he could uh, carry Sweden uh, even against a lot of a lot of the good teams. Uh, he he's been magnificent, and I. I I adore his game this year. He's he's just matured and grown, uh, not only on the height, but he's grown like <laughs> play uh, play wise as well. So I think he he's a, he's him and Wallstead is going to be a lot of it's going to be very important for Sweden, and if they're going to break down Russia or uh, the US in the group stage, if they don't have their streak anymore, they can't live off that yeah. anymore. <laughs> Um, have faith. Hold strong. Is it a foregone conclusion that Canada will win gold? No. Oh, I think I think it's in doubt. Yeah. I think that there's a bunch of I think there's a bunch of teams that could beat them. I don't know. Canada often barely wins the gold medal by the skin of their teeth. It happens quite often, actually. If you look at the history of the tournament, they barely pull it off a bunch of times. Like it's pretty remarkable. Canada's really good at winning games by the skin of their teeth. So. I don't know. Flip a coin. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's what it'll come down to, even in their quarterfinal. Like, if they go up against a really strong Swedish team in that quarterfinal and hit a, a hit the Jesper Wallstead wall, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, they got beat pretty soundly by the States in the gold medal last, last year because the States just had the creativity and speed that I just don't think Canada quite matched. So if that happens again this year, which I could see potentially happening, you never know. But uh, I don't. I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's their tournament to take at all. I think it's wide open. I don't even think it's their group to take. To be, to be completely honest, like I, I, and this might be just me having this weird thing for Finland every year. But I think Finland's going to be a feisty team that challenges for that group. Still, I think Finland's a really good team, and like everyone's underrating them. I think Blomqvist is a really good goalie if he if he's their starter this year and goes goes the way I think it's going to go. That Finnish team has just a, so much depth, and they always play this incredible system that you just don't, you could interchange all four lines and they all play really, really well. So I think Finland's going to challenge for that group. And man, like, as everyone said, like there's three teams in the other group that could easily beat Canada, I think in a gold medal game or a quarterfinal game, depending on where they end up being. So uh, I don't think Canada is the favorite, like they're probably the favorite, but I don't think Canada should be the runaway favorite by any means. No, I'm, I'm with all, I'm with you guys too. I, I think the only reason that, not the only reason, but I think Canada will win their division. Um, I think that the Finns might've had a, a better chance is if they got to meet them like early in the tournament when Canada's, you know, kind of sleepwalking a little bit, but they get them on the new year's Eve game, I think this year. And, you know, Canada's they'll be well at that point. And so it should be a good game, but it's their pool in my opinion, but yeah, like any one of those top three on the other side, 
could could give them a run for their money at any point and, and knock them out. And so, like Will said, they do have a habit of winning those one goal games or narrowly holding off the comeback from the Russians or or whatever. But no, I I think that this team, especially the the group, you know, some of the guys they left behind, um, that defensive core, like it's. I'm not a big fan of it personally. I think it could expose them. Goaltending's always a question mark for Canada. It's weird to say that, but it has been for a while now too. Um, you know, they're shortchanged at both those positions, if you ask me. So it's they're going to have to rely on a running gun, and you know they can do it, but will they be able to do it against against the Americans, against the Russians? Uh, we'll we'll see. And something I was talking about with, with someone today about Canada's goaltending situation is I think everyone's expecting Costa to be their starter. Well, Wallstead was the, the guy that everyone had ahead of him on, on a lot of the rankings last year, and Costa went ahead of him to Detroit at 15. If they meet in the quarterfinal, you don't think Wallstead's going to have a chip on his shoulder going, I, I've got to prove I got to prove everyone wrong. I got to show them that I'm the guy that should have went higher. And, man, I, I still have a lot of faith in Wallstead. I still think he's the better goalie in the long term. But it's going to be fun to see what Canada ends up doing because, yeah, like like Cam said, like that defensive course certainly doesn't inspire confidence in me. And man, it's it's gonna be fun. And the last last thing that I have wanted to ask you guys um, is what um, sorry is is what is your preferred uh, sorry yeah sorry what is your preferred gold medal matchup? Man, I mean I'm selfish. Canada States is always a hell of a time, <laughs> or Canada Russia, just those are always the best ones to me. Like Germany Switzerland. Yeah, why not? Right? <laughs> Just pure chaos. Make it happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, Slovakia. Yeah, there you go. Can- Canada, Russia. I love Canada, Russia too. I think that'd be a ton of fun. But it, yeah, uh, if I'm betting, I'm I'm putting Canada, America in the final. Yeah, I think Canada, U.S. is always a fun game. I, I think Canada, Russia is always a fun game. But I'll be honest, I want to see the Finns there again. I love when the Finns do it because everyone gets so upset that the boring Finns are in the final. And I personally love to see them there. So <laughs> I I want to see Sweden versus who gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the right answer. There it is. Great, great. Um, okay, guys. Well, thank you. Um, and do you guys mind going all around the room and and just listing where your Twitter handle and where, sorry, and where everyone can find your work. All right. I'll start hockey <laughs> underscore Robinson, usually being sarcastic or tweeting about some prospects, uh, EP ringside, writing all the stuff. Just did a big deep dive on Philip Mashar. It's a good time. And, uh, yeah, going to be pumping out a ton of content for, for elite prospects. This month, I'll be doing lots of video work. I was supposed to be in-house doing that video work, but I'll just do it in my house now, and I'll keep the camera, like, above, just neck up so I can wear my sweatpants all day <laughs> long. Yeah, being a school teacher, I don't have to work now for, like, a month after next week, so it'll be great. Oh, man. Nice. Uh, I'll go next. I'm Will Scouch. You can follow me at Scouching on Twitter, S-C-O-U-C-H-I-N-G. Check out my website, scouching.ca. I made it myself, sort of. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I also run a YouTube channel, uh, Scouching as well, weekly shows Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, yeah, I also write for McKean's Hockey, McKean'sHockey.com, part of the video team with uh, two good friends of mine and Sam McGilligan and uh, Greg Reback. So check that out as well. Um, and yeah, I think that uh, just about does it. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, call, call me Caleb Holm. Uh, I'm not going to spell it out because it's too long. Uh, you can find me <laughs> there. Uh, I also write a newsletter. Uh, Mikhail Holm uh, at Substack. Uh, I'm going to have an interview with a 
with a 2022 prospect coming out soon. Um, if I have the time to write it soon, hopefully today I can write it. And uh, then I'm also going to have a big Swedish list coming out at the end of at the at the end of December, trying to go through some players and see how how, how they're doing and the for the draft. It's going to be it'll be a big list, and it's going to be fun to write. So you can find me there. And of course, small small scouting. Whatever we do there, you can also find me. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari because I'm definitely the most important Tony Ferrari. And uh, <laughs> the Twitter handle definitely wasn't stolen by some random pop singer that I, I'll never listen to just out of spite. But uh, yeah, find me at the Tony Ferrari. All my works at the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated. I, I do a video series called Game Tape with Tony. That kind of interviews prospects and we go over game tape together. I've got one coming out with Connor Geeky next week. I just did one with, uh, who did I just do? Uh, Jimmy Snuggerud, Frank Nazar has been in there. Uh, Matthew Savoy will be coming out as well in a couple weeks. So there's there's a, some guys down the pipeline. And then I've got a ton of World Junior content coming out. Right now I'm doing a lot of collaboration work with Rachel Dory at the Hockey News. So check all that stuff out. It's been a ton of fun doing that. Great. And once again, thank you guys uh, so much for coming on the podcast. I guess. Thanks for having us. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having us, buddy. Yeah. Yeah.